we have Texas, then we have Florida, and then we have, uh, you know, Jamaica. We have another hurricane. We had the other hurricane down there destroying that devastation there. Just had another uh, uh, level two hurricane hit in, uh, by Pensacola, Florida, going in there. And then we have the shooting in Las Vegas. And now we have fires in California. And we got all kinds. Of, where is the end coming from? And it really is an area, and when it comes to prayer, and when it comes to how to pray, and people say, oh, pray for the storm, pray for this, pray for that. Well, we're praying, but there's a way to pray to get answers. Amen. And sometimes we're, 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 we're content just to pray, but it's better to pray and get an answer. How many would agree? And so that's what I want to talk about is that, that and how for us to have boldness at the throne. And let me just say again, praying in the Holy Spirit is the best way to pray. Praying in other tongues by the Spirit, allowing the Spirit to pray through you. And we're so limited when people say, could you pray for me? And I just pray in the Holy Ghost. I say, Father, I'll call their name. Then I would just pray in the Spirit for them because the bible says the holy spirit makes intercession through us are you with me and so allowing him to pray over that area and then as he leads what you find is as you pray in the spirit then pretty soon the holy spirit brings and he quickens a, a thought or a scripture or a word to your mind and and he brings clarity to your life he he directs you as you pray but you need to pray in the spirit long enough so you could hear his voice amen Hebrews chapter 4, if you're there with me, and it just says, uh, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, verse 14, the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Confession. Eli, you have that? You can put that up on the board. There you go. Let us hold fast our confession. So look at that. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Your confession is what you declare about who you are in Christ. Amen. Everything that the word of God says about you. you. You get around people, you listen to them talk. They talk about everything going on, but very few talk about what God is doing in them. All right, I expect to be a big amen right there. It doesn't matter. But we should, be, we should have a confession of who we are in Christ and what we're believing for. It is the confession and the declaration of our faith. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. One trend, the King James says our infirmities, which actually means our weaknesses, but is in all points tempted as we was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come how? How? boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find what grace to help in time of need and you've heard me say it the best definition i've ever heard i heard it way back from my friend brother rocky and i don't know where he heard it from but it was grace is the power of christ at the point of your need and that's exactly what that first says that we come to the throne and we find grace to help God's power shows up to help at the point of our need. 
what we need it for. And weakness means, that's why the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he says, I will glory in my weaknesses because that's when the power of Christ comes upon me. God said, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. And so learning how to tap into that power and that grace that God has for our life. Look at chapter 10, verse 19 through 25. Eli, you put that up, please. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness, by say boldness, having boldness to enter the holiest how? By the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full what? Assurance of what? Faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Wow. So look at that, the next part. Let, let us go on the next verse. That's, is that not verse 25? Oh, there it is. Okay, 23, 24. Okay, my bad. All right, cool. All right. Um, so look at your outline with me. There are seasons in our lives when deep calls into deep. The Spirit of God calls deep into our spirit to draw us into all that he created us to be. Every Christian can experience the Spirit of God drawing and calling them into a walk and a life in Christ that surpasses all that they have known before. How many would agree? Come on, the Holy Spirit wants you to go someplace where you've never gone before. That's why I said in the opening, if we just get the same thing over and over, to me, it would be like eating cold oatmeal for every meal. Think about that. What if you just ate it or, or anything else? Just the same thing for every meal. Nothing else. Now let me think about that. People in poverty, sometimes all they have. In fact, when we help the people in Haiti, when you go in there, they, they literally eat. They hope they get maybe some rice and some beans every day. And so they're eating, but, but that's because they are in poverty. How many know that we've been redeemed by the blood? I mean, no, we're not in poverty. And our spiritual life is not supposed to be a life of poverty. We're, we're, we're rich in Christ. And, and, and we have position in Christ. And we have inheritance in Christ. And we should have a boldness to expect that in our life. Are you with me? So important. So I truly believe that we are in a season when more believers than ever before need to answer that call of the Holy Spirit and allow God to lead them by His Spirit into a place in their relationship and walk with Him that they have never been before. There has to be a time something has to be stirred up in us and have a hunger for something in God we have never had before. It's time for the prayer for prayer to occupy the most important place in the life of the believer. Our usefulness, energy, happiness, growth, and satisfaction depend upon it. One of the highest calls in the Word is the call to prayer. As we just read in the book of Hebrews, it gives us the sweetest and most promising invitation to pray. So let's go back. Chapter 4 told us, and look on the inside of your outline, Paul writes and invites us to the throne of what? Grace. It was called once called the mercy seat, but now it is called the throne. 
We draw near to God in prayer. When we draw near to God in prayer, we come. And we come to God as a king with reverence, confidence, and submission. How many know Jesus is the king of kings and the Lord of lords? That's how he's coming back. So we come to him as a king. And get this, we've been given the right, the privilege the, uh, to come before our king and to petition him for help. And not only that, with the promise that he's going to act on our behalf. It is so good. Think about it. Secondly, we come to one who gives as a king. Therefore, we should ask largely and expectantly. How many know the king has unlimited resources? So when you're asking a king, you should ask a king-sized request. Religion tells us to ask in humility, ask just for a little bit, you know, and we turn ourselves into the woman who's where she just said, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. So we think we're being really spiritual if we're just settling for a few crumbs. But how many know we're not dogs under the table? We're joint heirs and seated with Christ. We're seated at the table in heavenly places with him. Are you with me tonight? That's where we are. And so in that, we come as one who gives us the king. We should ask largely, expectantly. He has riches of grace and power. Thirdly, to the one who sits upon the throne of grace. On purpose, <coughs> excuse me, to dispense grace on our behalf. It is his design, his objective in displaying himself as king. <coughs> excuse me. So Jesus sits there as the king, and his purpose of displaying himself as king is so he can act as a king on our behalf. His desire is to show himself forth as our king. Amen? Hallelujah. Fourthly, to the one who, when he hears our prayers, is enthroned and glorified. Come on, when we pray, we're, we're enthroning Christ in our prayers. It is marvelous. Grace is at utmost when believers pray, for it is grace that is upon the throne. Fifthly, to the one who by hearing our prayers acts as sovereign over our lives, but his sovereignty is revealed in the fullness of his grace. And so God by his sovereignty pours out his grace over our lives. He's made it available, but the amazing thing about the grace of God is that you have to approach the throne to get it. Everybody's waiting. In fact, my pastor used to say this, and, and, and I always tried to get him to change. But he said, you know, if the Lord wills, he could reach down and touch me right now. God could do anything sovereignly, but he asks us to do it by invitation. He has sovereign power. He is all-powerful, and he could move. And I'm a little bit of ahead of myself, but God moves by invitation. That's why he invites us to the throne, to come to the throne of grace, to invite him into our situation. When you're coming to the throne of grace, you're saying, God, I'm at a point of weakness. I'm inviting you. I'm imploring you. Bring your grace and your power and your provision into my situation. And God moves by invitation. Amen. So think about it. Nextly, it is, it is to this great throne that we are invited to come, sinner and saint alike. What a privilege of being able to have an audience with the King of Grace. You know, people say, well, you have to be in right position. The, the greatest prayer that the Lord hears is the prayer of repentance. <coughs> Excuse me. Amen. And next, 
<clears throat> Paul gives us the loving exhortation that simply declares, let us come. It comes from the voice of one who would go with us. It is an unprecedented invitation. Paul says, hey, let us come. You know, some of the great, we invite people to everywhere together, but very seldom do we invite them to pray together with us. Very seldom do we invite people to go to the throne of grace with us. Paul said, let us come boldly to the throne of what? Grace. See, Paul is a man just like us, but even more as an experienced believer who has tested and tried the power of grace. Amen and a prayer. Thank you, Matthew. I don't know what I got stuck in my throat, but it got stuck there. It, oh, you know what? Nobody brought them out? You know what? Maybe I didn't send them to print. My bad. Huh? No, you'd have to go up on my, on my computer and send them to print. I, didn't, I printed mine, and then I didn't print yours. God bless you. Well, I'm preaching from a great outline this evening. I'm, I'm saying whatever I want, but I guarantee me it's in the outline. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what I'll do is I'll print some out after service and I'll put them in your hand so you can get the. Let me give you another point, okay, that's in the outline that you don't have. All right. The invitation comes as well from the whole church speaking in and through him. He is a voice of generations gone by calling us to this most precious place. The invitation is also coming directly from the Holy Spirit who is giving Paul the inspiration for what he writes to us. The Holy Spirit is also the one who would go with us, helping us in our weakness and willing to make intercession through us. Think about it. We should no longer be indifferent to this holy and sympathetic call. This should be the season that we move to draw near to God. Amen? Now, I'm just telling you, if you look at our nation right now, I really feel that we are a nation on a precipice of a great fall unless we get divine intervention. Unless God moves into our nation. But everybody says this. In fact, there was a question and somebody said the other day, well, if God is such a good God, why does he allow all these bad things to happen? Because when God created man, he created the earth and he created man. And when he set him here, he made man the authority in the earth. And God set it up. He only comes in. God does not violate the authority or the order that he established. And the only way God has ever moved in the earth is that He reveals things to His people. He shows us what He will do on our behalf. And then He says, now invite me in to do it. That's exactly what He does. He gives you His word. He says, this is, this is what I will do for you. And so we sit around waiting for Him to do it. He only moves into any place by invitation. The reason bad things happen in our world is because we are not inviting God into our hearts and into our lives, into our homes, into our businesses, into our daily lives, into our nation, into our government. And God only moves where He is invited into. That's it. 
You read history, you look anywhere, you read your Bible. Every time people pray, what is prayer? It is inviting God into your situation. Why are we exhorted to pray? Because God says, I move in answer to my prayer. Whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so what is that? God, help Help me. You invite God. You call upon and He responds. But He does not move until you call. Are you with me? Amen. In fact, at Thursday night at Kadisha's house last week, there, there, were, there were some of the young men. And a young man was giving his testimony about how he got saved. And how the Lord began to speak to him. How he was being uncomfortable being, being raised as a Muslim to deal with that. And then he began asking, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. If you're real. He began asking, saying, God, if you're really real, show yourself to me. And then he has amazing testimony. But he said, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And it's powerful, the testimony he shared, how God revealed himself to him. And God began to stir things and bring people into his life. And, 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 and just God just gradually began to continue, began to show himself, and then all the way from leading him and bringing him here to America. He said, God, I, I want to leave, and I want to go someplace where I can know you and not be in fear of being killed for being in a relationship with you. But he did, it all happened by invitation. A young man, Lord, if you're real, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. Wow, think about that. So look at so God only comes into the place where He is invited. Think about that. Then the adverb there it says, "Let us come boldly." This doesn't mean proudly, presumptuously, or with the tone of demand. For it is a throne, yet boldly with confidence, because it is the throne of grace. Yeah, we come before a throne, but it's a throne of grace. Grace is also unmerited favor and undeserved favor. We think, "Oh, I have to be right to get an answer for God." You can't be right before God. He makes you right by His grace. Amen. It is grace that qualifies us to be there, and it is grace that is dispensed to us when we get there. Grace qualifies us to come, and grace equips us when we get there. Praise the Lord. Think about it. What is meant by the insertion of boldness? It means we may come constantly and at all times. We can come unreservedly with any type of petition. You can ask for anything. Jesus said, look at what Jesus said. If you ask what? Anything in my name, any type of position, any need, God is willing to be invited into anything. Everything, think about all the things that Jesus said when you pray. I'm going to the Father, and if you ask anything in my name, he will do it for you. Even, listen, Jesus said in Matthew 6, he says, The Father knows that you need all these things even before you ask. Well, wait a minute. What we go... Well, that doesn't seem unfair. Why, did, If he knows I need him, why didn't he just go get him and get him to me? Why doesn't he just make provision? Why doesn't he move sovereignly towards my need? Because he ordained that he would move only by invitation. Are you with me? That's why prayer is so important. And the devil knows that. So he gives us all these religious concepts, and then we get all the things about the will of God, and we're just praying, Lord, if it's your will. And God's already said what his will is. It's his will for you to be healed. It's his will for you to have provision. It's his will for you to be strong. It's his will for you to be an overcomer. It's his will for, oh my goodness. 
But then it says, we may freely come with the simplest word. We may come hopefully with full confidence of being heard, and we may come fervently with urgency in our plea. God, help now. Amen? So think about it. So what is the reason for our boldness? Go back with me to chapter 4, and look what it says. Verse 16, let us therefore come boldly. Therefore, anytime therefore, you have to go back out. So we can come therefore because is we are there to find, obtain grace and mercy. And we're coming to the throne of grace. Not so we can just utter good words. So many times people try to pray. We always want to pray the best words. Lord, let me pray so I sound really spiritual. How many of you ever heard that person pray and you go, man, I wish I could pray like that. I mean, just, but, but see, what that is, is that's a conversation that's been developed through relationship. Are you with me? That's a conversation that's developed through relationship. But even in that, everybody can pray in the Holy Ghost and pray in the Spirit. And when you're praying in the Spirit, how many know you're always saying the right words and they're always good words? Amen? So... It's not just so we can come and utter good words for an entrance before God, but we actually want to obtain an answer. The purpose for coming before the throne is not just to pray and say words, it's to receive an answer, to find the grace that helps. Amen? So we got, we're coming, but not just to go, okay, I prayed and I went. No, I'm coming and I'm going away with the assurance. I have received an answer. God is moving. And then when I come out of that prayer, now I'm going to hold on to my confession. So I'm coming out of that time of prayer, and now I'm thanking God. Father, I thank you. You have heard me. What did Jesus say at the tomb of Lazarus? He says, Father, I thank you that you hear me always. I'm praying so that these others know that you hear me. I'm not praying because I'm not sure, but I'm praying because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He had already been in prayer. The Holy Spirit had already revealed to him. He stayed after he got the news. He stayed where he was for two more days. And then he says, okay, now let's go down. And then we get down there. He goes, hey, this is not, Lazarus is not dead. He's just asleep. But he knew exactly what he was going to do. He had been in prayer. He had always been in conversation, communion with the Father. He had already been, if you would, before the throne with the Father. And so he knew what he was going to do. And then we stand there and so, say, Father, I'm praying, but I thank you that you hear me. I know that you hear me always. When you pray, you should have the confidence that God has heard you when you pray. And then after that, you're thanking him. And so you're not repeating the same petition over and over. Jesus said in Matthew 6, it's not through, don't be like the people who just have, through vain repetition. But I pray, and then I, I've been to the throne of grace, and I am, Father, I thank you, it is settled, I can move on. You're moving on that thing in my behalf. I don't have to touch it again, except to give you praise for working on my behalf. If I'm going to go back, I'm not going to pray and worry over it again. I'm going to thank you that I went to the throne of grace. I found grace to help in my time of need. You're working everything in my favor. And I'm thanking you. And I'm waiting patiently for the promise to come to pass. 
Amen? And that's how God works in our life. So what do we do? We can come. When can we come? When we need great mercy because of our sin. Man, if you're struggling with something, go to the throne where the help is. We may come when it seems we have but little grace in our life. We're feeling weak. Paul said, God, help me remove this thing from me. And then the Lord shows up with great grace. We may come because we are in great need of even more grace. How many have been in a situation where you need God to help you to deal with a person? Say, Lord, I need some more grace. I'm about to kill this person right now. I'm about to act harshly, do something. So I need the grace of God. to. I need the grace that you display towards me when I'm being a knucklehead. When I'm doing what you God, let me have the grace that you operate in when you deal with me so I can deal with this person or that situation out of that same kind of grace. Amen. Then also, there are many other reasons that move us to come once and to come bo- come at once and to come boldly. See, our character can implore us. We're invited to come for mercy, and therefore, as all being undeserving, both sinner and saint, we find our answer there. We just see the Lord have mercy upon me, Lord. Amen. There's times we just need God's mercy on our life. The character and the nature of God encourage us to be bold as we come, leaving fears and despair behind as we enter into His grace and mercy. Our relationship with Him as His children gives us great freedom as well when we approach. The Holy Spirit draws us near to the throne. How many know when you're feeling like you should pray, that's not a natural feeling? If you're like, man, I need to spend some time in prayer. We don't just get up and think that thought on our own. That's the Spirit of God working on the inside of you. Trying to get you into that place. Hallelujah. And then the promises of God invite us by their grace. How many know these are, we have, the Bible says that, that we have, Peter said, we have exceeding great and precious promises. Amen. God's given us exceeding great and precious promise. Well, how are we going to see them come to pass? You have to get in there, find out where they are, and then go out and invite God to move in your life based upon the promises that he's made to you. This is what I will do. Call upon me and I will answer. Well, what can I call upon God for? Every promise that's in the Bible. Over 7,000 promises in the Bible. I guarantee there's one that will meet your need. Amen. And so we can come with that great confidence. Amen. Those promises give us great, uh, and their greatness, their freeness, their sureness, and their provision that are declared to us. We can come because of Christ has already been given to us. Is there anything? I like what Romans says. If he did not spare, if God's already given us his son, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, Romans 8 says, how will he not also with him freely give us what? All things. Hallelujah. So if God has already given us Christ, he will withhold nothing else from us. You can have that great confidence to come before God. But that means, what I'm trying to get you to see tonight is without question. Many times, well, I, I, I pray, but I just, I'm not sure whether God will. You need to quit that junk. 
You need with confidence. Let us hold fast our confession. Just speak the word and speak the word only and you're confessed. That's why I say these things, you have to be stirred up. Life comes at you, situations come at you, and they're just, they, they just wear on you. They grind you down. They wear you out. And you have to determine, wait a minute, I'm a child of God. I serve a risen Savior. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. Wait a minute, I have access in the Spirit to enter where He is. I can go by the Spirit to the throne of grace. When I'm praying in the Spirit, my feet may be walking on terra firma, but glory to God, in the Spirit, I'm in the presence of Almighty God. I'm before the throne of grace, and the one who sits on that throne has invited me to come. And the reason He has invited me to come is because He wants to dispense His grace into the necessity of my life. And so when I get that, I go, whoo, <laughs> amen, my answer is before me. Praise the Lord. Get this. You can write this down. It's in my outline. It should be in yours. <laughs> One success at the throne will produce the solid confidence to return. When you start having and receiving victories and answers through prayer, it causes you and gives you the confidence to return. Amen. The greatest reason of all for having confidence in our approach to the throne is Jesus. He's the one who was slain for our redemption and the mercy seat is covered with his blood. Amen. He is risen and has justified all of us by his righteousness. He has ascended and taken possession of all the covenant blessings on our behalf. So now it is just left up to us to ask for that which is our own. The word salvation, if you look it up in the Greek, it is the word sozo. And it literally means every blessing bestowed by God through Christ on us. Every blessing that's been inferred upon, bestowed upon you by God through Christ is what it means to be saved when you're saved. That's why Jesus said to the woman who, who, had, who, who was in her sin and she came in weeping and washed his feet. He says, your faith has saved you. He said to the woman with the issue of blood, your faith has saved you. He said to blind Bartimaeus, he says, your faith has saved you. And two of them were receiving healing, but Jesus called it being saved. Amen? Because healing. How many know that? And remember that, that, that we're redeemed from the curse of the law, which was physical sickness, spiritual death, and poverty. We're redeemed from that. You've been redeemed out. And so in that, there's provision in all of those things, which is why John says in 3 John, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. Are you with me? That's our covenant promise. That's a provision. So when we go there, those things are promised to us, and we are heirs according to promise. We're joint heirs with Abraham. Amen? And so we're heirs of promise. And then lastly, he is sympathetic, tender, and caring for us. We must be heard, and we will be heard. Come on, when you approach, see, confidence says that I'm approaching, wait a minute, I need an audience with the king. I need, I must be heard by him. I need to come before him. I need to be heard. And then we have the confidence that I will be heard. Amen. Hallelujah. 
So let us come to this great throne when we're consumed with sin. He will hear and dispense mercy. Let us come to the throne when we are at our weakest point, for there we will find help of his strength and our weakness. And let us come to the throne when we are tempted, for his grace is able to keep us free from all temptation. Amen.